uh, opening credits was Tupac and he was wearing the first hat that I ever drew. Twitter and was it um, Aaron Rodgers was wearing yeah. one of your hoodies yeah. just recently? Yeah, he's wearing one of our, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, Wholeheartedly believing in something to the point where you visualize it and you feel it to your core, which is what we call conviction, right? It's believing in something. And then I think what tends to start happening is in the mind, you start seeing opportunities. You see doors open for what you truly want. Dreaming and manifesting as a young child, it came to, and now it's the top selling hoodie. And, and I can't tell you how many different people when I travel the world. I think the biggest thing is you feel like a sense of shame and guilt that you have these aspirations and then you're, you're here. So you have this cognitive dissonance of this is who I want to be. Why am I here? So you're trying to make these big leaps, but it really is about the small wins to get back up there because. Hey friends, you're tuned into the Learn or Be Learn podcast, a show where wisdom meets curiosity in order to discover the human experience. I'm your host, Shiva D. And remember, you either learn from or you're learned from. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back, friends, to another great episode. I have Jason Franklin here. He has a sports company brand and has worked with so many other big known names, um, the NBA, that's where he got his big start. And, you know, I'm going to let Jason talk a little bit about, you know, what he does and what he got into. So, Jason, thanks for being here. And would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey for the audience? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Ship. Appreciate you. Mm -hmm. um, name's Jason Franklin, co-founder of Sportique Apparel. Uh, we're a lifestyle, modern American comfort wear brand, uh, really focused on fan fashion. We felt that there was a void at the marketplace 17 years ago. And people were going to the must-go, must-do thing wherever you could possibly imagine around the world. There was a sporting event or a concert or a brewery tour or a gaming event or a company headquarter tour, Mercedes-Benz, whatever it was. And, but a lot of times it was people traveling from all over the world, spending all sorts of money, mm -hmm. flights, hotels and meals, uh, and tickets. And they were used to more of this... Uh, boutique fashion that you could find at Michigan department stores and boutiques. And they were going to these events and there was a really boxy tee an uncomfortable sweatshirt that felt like cardboard, <laughs> a jersey and a couple hats. Right. And it was just, it was just sort of an afterthought. So we sort of felt that there was this need for this customer that is willing to spend more money if it was a really nice product. So we developed started Sportique and really built that fit fabric and feel that sort of that comfort wear that you'd want to put on every day. You can wear it every day. You can dress it up, dress it down. But uh, we started really built our brand off the backs of so many global brands, whether it's the NBA or the Matthews Band or Home Depot or Mercedes Benz or Coca-Cola, right. Shaky Knees Music Festival and outside of Atlanta, really wherever fans were going, that's where you can find the Sportique brand. Right. So what helped you get your big break in this company? Uh, well, I mean, we got lucky and we worked really hard. I like to say we got lucky, but there was a lot of hard work that went into it. I started in the apparel industry when I was 11 years old. So that was a few years ago. Um, and my business partner 
uh, was running the team shops for the Phoenix Suns, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Arizona Coyotes in Arizona. Um, and we went to the NBA first. He said, hey, this is the vision that we have. Your tickets are incredibly expensive to go to your events, and you have a fan that's willing to spend money on nicer product if they could have that option. And right. uh, sort of we had like seven samples that we had created and sort of showed them the vision of what we were trying to do. And they gave us a license, which is unheard of at this point. Usually it's thousand page documents and you got to sign your right. life away, and, you know, which we had to do later on. But, uh, you know, and so we got in with the NBA and that same, really in that same week, we uh, jumped on a plane to Charlottesville, Virginia, one of my favorite bands and one of my partner Matt's favorite bands is the Dave Matthews Band. And you might have heard of them. They're out of Charlottesville, Virginia. They have an incredibly passionate fan base. They tour every summer like clockwork, and they have fans that travel from all over the world in the summertime to come see them perform. Went down to Charlottesville and met with some of the band's management and sort of gave them the same vision that we had with the NBA, but gave it to the Dave Matthews Band and said, you have a, a passionate fan base that travels to this venue and that venue, and they do a whole West Coast tour with you, and they want to buy something nicer. And at that point, they had $25 t-shirts and $40 hoodies and $15 right. hats. And like, if you could help us elevate our price points and make a nicer product that our fans are going to love, and it's not going to fall apart after one wear, like, got it. Right. So we're like, okay, great. So those two counts that say that those and then being able to tell prospective clients that we're in NBA arenas and we work with the Dave Matthews right. band those are two reputable brands global that people understand and know so that sort of got help us get our foot in the door and really those that was our big break so i do want to take a step back because i think it's important for the future topics of mindset and everything is is your backstory, which was really interesting. And I know it might be a little redundant for you because I've you've probably said it a few times on a different podcast, but I think the audience would they get a lot of value out of hearing your backstory because it's kind of unique, right? You started very young. Yeah. So um I grew up uh in a very uh difficult situation. Um I, I had some um, bit of an abusive situation in, in my household. I was dealing with that and a, a lack of confidence and all sorts of stuff. And this crazy head of hair, it's not <laughs> as crazy as it once was. And um, Like the Jufro. Yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> and so and I just, I, I wanted a hat so desperately to wear mm. um, that would cover this crazy head of hair that would, support my favorite team at that time it was the Chicago Bulls because mm. everything Michael Jordan at, at that point right started drawing and that was sort of my escape that I found and that's one of the things that no matter what I was dealing with I, I sort of like um, you know kept to myself I'd sit in my basement or even at lunchtime at school I would go sit in the floor of the bathroom stall and I would just draw I draw hats mm. draw my favorite what I thought would be cool on hats and Sure enough, my sister was babysitting the neighbors one night and she got sick. So my mom sent me over there to replace her. And there's hats all throughout the house, like sports hats throughout the house. It was like right. the Willy Wonka hats, just like right. know, the Gene Wilder edition. I don't know about the Johnny W. <laughs> the, uh, the, there was hats just all throughout the house. And 
oh my gosh, this is like the coolest house ever. And I was just blown away and parents come home. I was like, I got to ask, what do you do? It's said, well, I own a baseball cap company and we make hats for professional sports leagues. Oh, right. Perfect. <laughs> so, right. So, you know, here I am 11 years old and I'm just like, do you, do you mind if I run home and show you some of the hats that I drew? I was sure. He's the neighbor. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so I ran home and hustled back and threw a bunch of pieces of art in front of him, hats that I sketched pretty poorly. Um, and he looked at them <laughs> and said, yeah, actually, there's a couple in here that I actually really like. I think they'd be really cool. Do you think I could make them? It's just like, wow, oh my goodness. Yeah, right. of course, that'd be incredible. It'd be a dream. So it, it took a little while to get prototypes made, multiple rounds. And at that point, I mean, just everything took longer. It wasn't like, here, approve this photo sample. It was like physical samples right. get sent from China back and forth. So it's like a you know, almost a year-long process. And um, he started to tell me that there's some people that were you know, interested, some of the sports teams and some of the national sports store chains, whether the Foot Locker or Champs, that was interested in buying some of the hats that I designed. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing, cool. And I had a couple friends and we went and saw a movie called Poetic Justice. It was a movie with a gentleman by the name of Tupac Shakur, Janet Jackson. And within the first uh, few scenes after the credits, uh, opening credits was Tupac and he was wearing the first hat that I ever drew. So I think that was like the first aha moment for me. I was 12 years old. Um, seeing that was just sort of like, okay, like, you know, no matter how difficult a situation you're dealing with at home or the difficulties you're, you are making friends, whatever the circumstances are, this is your path. This is your destiny. This is what you're supposed to do. So mm. I just tunnel vision to, to do that. So working for this company, summer job is the age of 13 and worked even after school sometimes and it became sort of my happy place because no matter what was going on at home, I had all these hats and drawings, sketches and samples and things around me that I loved and was passionate about. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how I, I got my start. And then, um, that I worked for this company through high school and through college and just, it, it was, it was a family owned business and as close as I was to the family, I wasn't part mm -hmm. of the family. And I also, mm -hmm. I kept manifesting. The hats were awesome. I love wearing hats because I finally had something to wear. It's a crazy head of hair. But I kept manifesting something bigger. It was manifesting um, someday owning my own company, but also um, this hoodie that I could put on that could transport me to a different place. So whatever was happening, I couldn't, I mean, at that age, you're 13, you're 14, you're 15, you can't get, get away from the situation that you're in. Right. Um, and so I needed a, a piece of armor, if you will, something that I could put on that no matter how hard, no matter how crazy my day was, that it could transport me to, uh, out of there, at least mentally. Um, but have, give me this physical, like, ah, okay, relaxing. And, and I start realizing that there's so many other people out there, so many other children that were dealing with some of the situations that I were in, or just people dealing with sickness or illness or their mental health or uh, just a, a, a tough day or a lost family member, whatever it was, that also needed that comfort. And that was sort of the, the thing that was calling my name 
And so 17 mm-hmm. years ago, I said, okay, we, we got to do this. I got to go out on my own and started Sportique. That's incredibly fortunate to have figured it out at that age, right? To know what kind of impact you want to make. I could only imagine seeing your hat on the big screen. It was probably the, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe one of the first times you were able to start thinking really big after that, you know, it's, it's like that aha moment. You're like, wow, I can think big. Yeah, that was a huge aha moment for me. I mean, it just kept going from there. It was, it was an athlete or different uh, music star. It was just different people. And, and I think the way the world's a lot, a world aligns or no matter how difficult of the situation, what was going on, there would, and, and sometimes I would just be like, I, I, I need to just take myself away from this altogether uh, right. and do something pretty drastic and do something pretty permanent. There would always be something turning on TRL and seeing a rapper wearing one of my hats. <laughs> okay. You know, like, okay, you know, snap out of it. Um, right. I think I literally saw your Twitter, uh, your Twitter and was it, um, Aaron Rodgers was wearing one yeah, of your hoodies yeah. just recently. <laughs> yeah. He was wearing one of our, right. uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Milwaukee Bucks part of Milwaukee Bucks and was wearing our Olsen hoodie. Mm-hmm. And that, that's to me, that's, it, it, that's really the crazy thing. This is, Glad you brought that up. That's that's the Olsen hoodie. I mean, so that's been our top selling hoodie for the past twelve years, and and mm-hmm. that's the incredible thing is like that hoodie did come to life. That hoodie that I was dreaming and manifesting as a young child, it came to life, and now it's yeah. the top selling hoodie. And and I can't tell you how many different people when I travel the world they they have that hoodie now, and they tell me different right. stories. Whether it's good or whether it's really sad or really positive, it's it's been both. It's like I lost my dad and I didn't leave my house for a week and I just wore your hoodie. Or I was uh, my wife's water broke. We were running out of the house. Got her <laughs> the house. We got the bags packed. I realized I didn't have my Olsen hoodie and I wanted my child <laughs> for the first thing that I was holding him with to be to feel like me and be as comfortable as possible. So I, wow. we drove down the street. I realized that I have my Olsen hoodie. I <laughs> drove back. My wife's like, what are you doing? I got to have right. a hoodie. It was like a commercial. And he got his Portuguese Olsen hoodie that got to the airport and then sent me pictures. Sure enough, like him holding his son, you know, wow. wearing his Olsen hoodie. So, um, yeah, there's been so many different stories we've had like that, but, uh, and it's, and it's that hoodie. So that's, that really is special to me. And, that people that that really then know and look into the backstory of it is like, wow, okay, you know. So no matter what your situation is, no matter how difficult your situation is, wherever, whoever the people we're talking to today, uh, if you do have a passion um, that if you work hard enough that, you know, your dreams can come true as well. Right. It's one of those things, right, where people in society often see the success on display, but most people don't even see what's happening behind the curtains. Um, if I recall what you had mentioned earlier, you said you were drawing, you were drawing sketches on the bathroom stall on the floor. Uh, on correct? a piece of paper in the bathroom stall. So I, yeah, I didn't have, uh, I didn't have kids to sit with it a lot. This is uh, in a lot of high school, actually early on in high school, freshman year, sophomore year, like I didn't have anybody to sit with and you know, kids they are being, and just, I was just like, uh, I just yeah. didn't want to be, yeah, I just couldn't get along with people. I, I, the funny thing is I was getting along with 
people well above my Older. age because I was yeah. you know, working and selling hats and making hats. But like kids, my peers, I had no relationship with. So I would sit, right. um, I would sit and eat my lunch on the, in the, in the stall of the bathroom and I would sketch hats and that would just be my right. escape. So did you feel misunderstood or why did you prefer isolation? Yeah. I mean, kids, I, I think there's, especially at that age, junior high, high school, they're just, they're trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. I if you're against conformity, I think you're like a target. Almost. Yeah. And you know, they're doing stupid stuff to get attention and, you know, acting out and just doing dumb stuff. And I, I think just where I was just like, I knew what I wanted to do in my life. I wanted to make clothes and be a part of popular culture, fan fashion perspective. And I knew I wanted to do that. So I was like, I don't need to go, you know, do stupid stuff on the weekends. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need to act out. I don't need to misbehave and try to get attention that way or do something dumb in class. And I was just like, you know what, forget that. Um, I'm just going to stay on my path. And when kids finally wake up and realize, you know, what's happening and great, and we'll see what I'm doing. And that, that'll, that might make sense to them. If not, that's great. And eventually, hopefully I'll find some kids that understand what I'm doing and want to be friends until then I'll sit here right. and sketch my paper. Honestly, that I feel like that almost the idea of being misunderstood for because you have a bigger vision happens almost at any age, including like, especially when you're young, but even as you keep getting older and older, because people prefer conformity. And when you're against the grain, it's just an easy target. It's what, you know, why are you doing this? What are you doing? You know, I, I'm guessing that along your journey, you must have had a lot of noise as well. How did you block that out? Oh, man, I was, that was a thing, you know, is my grades sucked <laughs> right like it was it was i was hor a horrible student and i think that right. that was one of the frustrating things for me and it, it's funny because i've read about so many different entrepreneurs have had the same story as me they sucked at school dropped out failed out whatever it was and that was the thing is it, and that was the, the diff very difficult situation that i had whether it was teachers or counselors, your grades suck. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? You're not going to be a successful person in life because you're getting C's, maybe D's, and you know you've got to get your grades better. And I'm like, I'll do my best. I'm going to mm -hmm. try my hardest. Um, if I'm not passionate about biology, um, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give as much effort as I can to pass the class. But right. I, I'm, I'm not going to be a, an A student. I'm not maybe going to be a B student, but that, but to me, that's okay. Cause I know where I'm going and, um, I haven't so far walked into a, a meeting yet where they were like, uh, so, uh, can you, uh, present your high school report card? <laughs> what was your GPA in high yeah, school? <laughs> exactly. What was your high school GPA? <laughs> Said no, whatever. <laughs> in, in past 15 years. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because growing up, I had a lot of pressure to perform, um, to always be top, always, you know, get the best grades, to, you know, perform, perform, perform. So I always had a lot of pressure on that end. And, and honestly, coming through the other side after college, I realized the school system almost feels like they're just indoctrinating you to just 
do as they say. And, you know, like you said, the teachers were saying, you know, this guy's not going to be successful. He's getting bad grades. But it almost feels one dimensional. It's like, well, they have a certain aspect of how they see success, which is, you know, do as you're told, get a decent paycheck and that's it. Keep quiet. Right. So it's against the grain thing like we've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, there's so that's I think that, you know, we could take a whole other podcast <laughs> and go and talk about that whole the yeah. school system and how I think oh, yeah. it kills kids and that. But um, but to me, there's there's two schools in life. There's the school school, like there's the book, you know, where you got to study and whatever the classes are in your in your respective school, whatever that is. And mm-hmm. then there's the street school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was fortunate enough, I think, starting to work for the baseball cap company, I did, and then becoming a ball boy for the Chicago Bulls, their half of high school. And I got a whole other education that I think has helped me, know has helped way more than anything I ever learned in the school, like the regular school stuff. So, um, I, and I know so many kids that have. I was straight A's. I got straight A's in high school, straight A's in college. And it's right. like, they don't know what they get out into the real world and they have no clue what to do. They've never had a real job, even if it was like an after school job or a summer job. Never had one. Don't yeah. even know what to do. Don't even know the first thing about it. So it's like, great, you got straight A's. And in the school world, you did well. You were successful. and But now, you know, what are you doing? Right. I like how you call it the school world because it almost is a completely separate world compared to life because in life there's a lot of collaboration you know brainstorming problem solving and oftentimes you're in school it's very isolated you know very you know, memorize this take this test do it everything by yourself so obviously there's a couple of team projects and sure but it, it definitely doesn't equate to success in life unless you're doing other things outside of it agree Mm -hmm. so i do want to ask you mentioned the idea of you know manifesting your dreams forward i think that's a very interesting topic do you mind explaining that a little bit yeah uh, i tell my team this all the time um if if you believe it you can achieve it and i think that's a that's an important thing um and i still work on that every day i mean you have these negative thoughts that pop in your head but you know that that's that's the one thing that i realized is like so many things that i've done and accomplished in my life i i saw it happen like before it happened and i like you know the 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 dave matthews band was a cool example was Mm -hmm. i i was a big fan of the band and I don't, I was in Virginia for some other business or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, their headquarters isn't far away. And I, I drove to the headquarters, just sat in the parking lot for a minute. <laughs> and I said, at some point, I'm going to work with this band. Mm-hmm. And wow. fast forward, you know, Dave Matthews Band 2023 tour, we're going to have you know, hats and to use and hoodies and, and stuff like that on it and so many different things. Um, even as a young child, you know, my first musical experience was going to the Grand Old Opry. Um, and I sat there in one of the pews and it's, it's one of the most special places to go see uh, any kind of music. Even if you're not a fan of country music, whatever it is that they're playing at night, it's just such a cool, beautiful venue to go to. And at that point, I'm like, I 
I know you did it at a very young age. I'm not talented enough to be on that stage, but I know that this clothes thing, this hat thing that I'm dreaming up, like that's going to be my place that, mm. that like they're going to have something here that I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a part of this somehow, some way. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the, the, the words that I can't is mm. I, I can't like, it's, it's, I'll say it once, I'm not say it again. But, but <laughs> I'll blur it out. <laughs> yeah, blur it out. But like, yeah, but that—that's just a word that I—it it drives me nuts because if you just keep saying I can't do this, I can't do this, then you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So, um, how how can you, you? You're going to fail at life at things. You've got to be able to tell yourself that you can do it because if it's not coming out of you, then there's nothing that you can say. I can say. Anyone can say that's going to help you do it. Right. I. I think the idea of manifesting kind of gets a bad rep from some people because I've heard it. I've heard it from people, you know, say like, "Oh, you know, that's just a load of, that's a load of crap." You know, it's, that doesn't happen. But what I really think, if you come down to it, the idea is wholeheartedly believing in something to the point where you visualize it and you feel it to your core, which is what we call conviction, right? It's believing in something, and then. I think what tends to start happening is in the mind, you start seeing opportunities, you see doors open for what you truly want, as opposed to the idea of saying, oh, that's, that doesn't work. Then you're, you're, you're right. It won't work for you, right? The brain will filter it out and it will say, okay, this doesn't work. So I'm not looking for it. Um, I think that's, that's a key part to the idea of chasing your dreams, honestly. Couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that once you start seeing the little wins add up, it really makes the dream come true, right? So I think a lot of us want to shoot for the big wins immediately. It's, you know, why, why, do, I, why do I not have a million subscribers? You know, why do I not have this many uh, sales? But I think it's when the small wins are stacking up is when that conviction starts to gain momentum. Yeah, I mean, I joke all the time with my team. I go, we're a 17-year overnight success. I mean, I mean, right. like, you know, I mean, because that's the thing with social media these days is, mm. is it, talk to people and say, wow, it seems like this just happened overnight. No, it's, you know, yeah. like because <laughs> social media is like, oh, you know, this guy's doing this and he's uh, doing that and this lady's doing that and she's doing this and because that, that's all you see. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that and, and my wife tells people that all the time is like what you don't see is like. Being, she's known me from now nine to ten years, and she's like, it's been constant grind. And it's like, okay, this client said no in this area. Well, you found another client in that same vertical that's just as big as them. You figured it out, right? COVID happened. Your business was relying on all things uh, for live events. That was your business. Yeah. You still figured out. <laughs> okay, like. But that's what I'm saying is like we were. I was put on this planet to do this to you know to start Sportica and run Sportica. And it's like you, you're going to have to bury me, like to <laughs> in order for me not to you know to reach the goals and dreams that I have because you know I've been manifesting this. I will figure out a way. There's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be a global pandemic. But like okay, like. Sure. Okay. We can't do this. We can't do this. I said it again. Sorry, but like, okay, but what, <laughs> what can we do? And let's go, you know, let's, let's do that. So we to bring up COVID. 
okay, sure. All of our, all of our clients were relying on in-person events. Yeah. You know what? We have global brands that we work with that have put their web stores on the back burner for years and years because they didn't need to rely on that income in, uh, because they just had people coming through the doors. Yeah. Well, okay, well, let's go focus on your web business and let's, you're a global brand. You have followers or investors that have huge, um, you know, millions and millions of followers. And if you say, hey, wear this t-shirt or wear this sweatshirt, they're going to figure out a way to buy it. So yeah. uh, that's what we did. We worked with our global partner, our brands that we work with and said, hey, we're going to figure out, we're going to give you better web images. We're going to do, you know, work from home things. We're going to do more, add more more content together and we figured out a way to help our clients succeed uh when there was no live events and that and we had a you know a huge production facility at thirty five thousand square feet we built in december 2019 that we needed to keep going and right we figured out a way to keep it going even if it was whatever we needed to do to continue on to keep that production facility moving like we figured out a way yeah. Even the, it seems like the mind will start asking questions in a different way almost. Right. So it's like, how can I do this? Or how can I get there? Or you start seeing connections where you might not have, if you just close that portion off. So that's so important. Yes. Three to five in the morning. There's so many different times I'll pop up out of my sleep. Like I didn't even think about that. I'm just right right just a bunch of random notes on your like notes app or whatever <laughs> um but yeah so i think it's really an interesting idea because even growing up when i went to college when i was initially pre-med i remember why i chose going to emory in atlanta was because i wanted to work at the cdc and, you know, many people would have thought that was kind of crazy, right? Because, you know, you're young, you're a college kid, what do you have to offer um, for, you know, national government facility? So, you know, long story short, I kept that conviction and, you know, I kept, I kept looking and I kept the, my eye, I guess in a way, kept your eye open for, for doors. And eventually I met this random person who said, uh, okay, meet this other person. I meet this other person. I like, okay, what do you want to do? I just tell them about my dreams and ideas. And they, they literally just freaked out and they go, my dad is, you know, part of the doctors without borders admissions team. You should go talk to him. I talked to him at this event and there's all these CDC people there. I tell them I would love to work at the CDC. And then that's kind of how it happens. So it's almost crazy how life works in connecting dots when that's what you're looking for. Yeah. If you're putting it out there, you're saying things out loud, you're manifesting, you're thinking about it. Not only thinking about it, you're talking about it. So then yeah. it's like, and it, once you start saying things out loud, that who knows? That's it's one thing I learned in 33 years now I've been in this industry is you never know who you're in the room with. Yeah. It could be at a coffee shop. You don't know. And so just randomly talking to people, finding out things that interest them, finding out their story and you never know where that might lead nowhere, but you might build an amazing connection that, that you could mutually help each other. I think right. the other thing too is, um, you know, our logo is the Buffalo mm -hmm. and I did our, we made our logo, the Buffalo because of what the Buffalo stood for. Uh, there's so many different things that the Buffalo can do. And we, we knew when we started Sportique 17 years ago at that point and, 
you know, we were going into a huge recession again, and I was leaving a really good job. My partner was leaving a really good job. People, you're crazy. What are you doing? You've got a good job, and your partner's got a good job, and you guys got a good setup where you're at. Why are you going to go start your own thing? Why are you going to do that? And when we were looking at logos and what we wanted the logo to be, we both stopped at the Buffalo because when we started studying more about it. The Buffalo is the only animal that when a storm is coming, understands that the quickest way through the storm is to run through. Mm-hmm. All the other animals run away from the storm. And eventually right. the storm is going to catch up to you. And But the Buffalo is like, F this, see the storm. All right, I'm, I'm going straight <laughs> through it and we're going to get right. through it as quickly as possible. So that was, so like, yeah, we, we knew there's going to be a lot of bumps and roadblocks and, and people saying no, but we're just like, we're going to take the, the the mindset of the Buffalo and just put our heads down and, and, and run right through it. And also right. they can run at 60 miles an hour and pivot on a dime. And we knew that would be part of the really? business too. Yeah. So like that. So we, we started reading more about this stuff and I could go on. That's probably another podcast, all the traits of the Buffalo. <laughs> um, you know, that, that was one of the things too. That, so it's like, I, I have that visual every day because all of our product has a, you know, got our red, you know, sure. Like that's got our red woven label with the Buffalo right. on it. All the product has that. It's like, that's my reminder every day. And that's one of the things I try to have that visual now in the millions of units that we've sold around the world, it's like, you see that? Hopefully now we can tell these stories on podcasts or whatever. It's like, okay, like that's the mindset I need to have because mm-hmm. there's going to be people that tell me I can't, I can't do it. There's going to be people, right. like, this roadblock's going to pop up. This is going to happen. This is going to happen in my life. But you know what? Keep my head down because if you're truly passionate about it and believe it, then you can cheat. What helped you stay anchored in those times where you felt like all the noise around you is telling you that this is crazy. You, you know, this is not a good idea. What are you doing? You know, why maybe, why are you throwing your life away? Things like that, right? So you have this conviction, this vision, and only you truly can understand it, right? Through your own mind, but everybody else around you sees it as maybe irrational. So what kept you anchored and focused? Um, one of the one of the things that I found that really helped me is um, I was introduced to yoga about now ten years ago, and um, it's something I've made uh, a habit of at least two or three times a week to be able to do, um, and uh, I figure out a time block, and it's not easy as being a business owner, a, a dad of a five-year-old and three-year-old and a husband and all the other things that I, I do right. in my day, but like to figure out some time to go do that because like I, I'm able to block out all the noise and just focus on the different movements that I have to do, the breathing, what I have to do uh, to accomplish that um, hour-long session. I think that was that was a big thing and, and that's helped ground me. I think the other thing too is I've been doing this long enough doing this now for three, three years to know enough. Now there's going to be stuff that pops up. There's going to, no matter how successful a sportsy continues to be, there's going to be stuff that's going to pop up a roadblock. And it's just like, okay, I can choose to let this just completely make me crumble and just make me want to crawl in a hole and hide and disappear. Or do we just say, okay, 
how can I look at this roadblock and make me better? How how can it right. make myself better? And how can it make sportique better? And how can we learn from this? So I think that it is looking at some of those things now is like, okay, this happened, but what became of that? We became a, you know, I became a better person or we became a better company because of it. So looking at some of those roadblocks as positive things as opposed to, oh, this bad thing happened. Oh, this bad thing happened to me and spiral into this yeah. negative world where nothing you do is good enough. And I've been there. It's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, I found like there's just find some of the little wins because can do that. I, as silly as it is, I read something recently. Um, a Navy SEAL said, make your bed every morning. Mm. And I just started doing it as silly as it was. It's like as crappy as your day. If you wake <laughs> up, the first thing you do is make your bed in the morning. As crappy as your day could be after that, you at least know you accomplished one thing. In the yeah, day. right. You make your bed, <laughs> and you go to bed at night. Bed's made. How great is it to you know get into a made bed? So, uh, if you take one little tidbit today for people listening, make your bed in the morning. I'm telling you, you get right. home at night and you're like, oh, okay, I have a made bed. I did that today, no matter how crappy you <laughs> got this made bed. So start right. with that. It's like, a, it's the small wins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, like you mentioned, the idea of the spiral, the downward spiral, it's like a negative feedback loop. Once you start going down that rabbit hole, it's really hard to come out. And I think the biggest thing is you feel like a sense of shame and guilt that you have these aspirations and then you're you're here so you have this cognitive dissonance of this is who I want to be why am I here so you're trying to make these big leaps but it really is about the small wins to get back up there because that negative spiral goes fast and you got it takes time to come back up out, out of a positive mindset oh man i completely agree and i still struggle with that i still struggle with that you know spiral and it could be something as silly as my three-year-old saying she doesn't want me she only wants her mama like (laughs) my five-year-old won't talk to me for because i didn't draw the right picture or whatever i'm like oh man i'm the worst dad ever and just go down this rabbit hole like oh man i'm not good enough for my kids and not good enough for my wife it's just and i i i fully admit i'm i get i get there sometimes and i think one of the things that has helped me out of this um is is a saying now getting to neutral and um you don't get too high you don't get too low but one of the exercises that i've done to help me get out of the spiral is is just focusing on what you have to do next in your day not 18 things for what you got to do two days from now a day from now a week from now a month from now a year from now and start you know oh my god i didn't do this and i got to get this what is the next thing in your day that you have to do? Yeah. I have to get off this podcast and I have to jump into it. I have to get on another meeting. I talk about NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs and talk to this person, this person, this person, like what, but, but, but like, what is the next person? Like, what is the next thing that I have to do today? And that's all you focus on. Yeah. Not focus on anything else. And so like, that's helped me get out of some of those di- downward spiral thoughts is just think about the the one next thing that you have to do in, in the sequence of your day and, and just focus on that and then focus on the next one and focus on the next one and don't think about anything for the future. Yeah. I, when I first got into podcasts, 
I started watching Dean Graziosi's podcast and he talks about needle movers all the time. And I think that really stuck with me through the hard times because if you can just do one to three needle movers a day, even though you're still in this negative feedback loop and you're slowly trying to climb out, those small wins add up, right? So then when you start getting momentum again and you start seeing bigger wins and you can just like there's a downward spiral, there's also an upward spiral too. And I think the thing about life is trying to figure out, you know, because there's always going to be ups and downs. It's it's trying to figure out how to stay grounded almost in a way. And I think yoga and meditation and all these things that you're practicing, I think really help the mind. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I mean, the, the, I, I use the Calm app. I mean, that's just, it's, mm-hmm. there's just like the seven minute meditation. It's just something I try to incorporate now. Um into my day along with the yoga and exercise to can't do some sort of exercise I think is is critical for everyone because it just it's a great way I I, I love it. it starts in the morning even if I can't get to a yoga class I'll, I'll get on my treadmill at home do something yeah. physically active and I'm not a scientist there's a lot of other smarter people that you might be able to have on the podcast that could tell you that the the the, the real benefits of the yeah. exercise but I just for my novice information, I could just tell you it's, <laughs> it's very helpful. So I, I would highly recommend it. To- Fitness is absolutely huge because I think what starts to happen is your mind wants to quit when you're exercising. And when you can push that, you build discipline. And when you can build physical discipline, you start to build mental discipline too, right? So, you know, you say, oh, am I good enough to be in this boardroom? And we're like, well, you know, I can push through physical exertion and it builds that confidence to take things on that are more mentally daunting. At least that's 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 what I've noticed in fitness. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. To your point though, mm-hmm. there were years of being in Sportique where I somehow would get in the room with these powerful executives and I'm like, what the F am I doing here? I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like DiCaprio or the Titanic where he gets right. to go to the one meal with all the, you know, the first class people. He's like, Oh, right. what is going Like, what is this guy doing here? And yeah. I, I used to have those moments and then I realized, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this so I could be here today. Uh, so I could get a seat at this table so I can talk to this person and that person. So I think that's, um, you know, one of the key things is just to keep remembering some small wins because uh, that's, that's very helpful for, for your mindset. Why do you think that is that we have that portion in our heads that we're constantly over criticizing maybe, or too hard on yourself in a way is that you think it's more of a defense mechanism or a way that's there to push you to do more. If you feel like you're not doing enough, why do you think we have that? I think it's worse now more than ever, to be mm. honest, because of social media, because yeah, of it's true. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I mean, you only see a small portion of someone's day. You, know, you see one picture, and it's, it's, there's another 23 hours and 59 minutes that you didn't see that day. And I think yeah. that so many <laughs> right. people are now on these devices nonstop and you're seeing this person have that or this person got to do this and it's like it's caught like it is causing this negative um self-worth because oh man i i didn't get to do that those guys got to go to coachella i didn't get to go to coachella this guy is 
you know, is a billionaire now and there's a million. Uh, and I really think that's a negative thing. So I, um, that's the one thing that I would say is, you know, um, really limiting the screen time. Yeah. Um, I think, and again, I think there's more and more studies coming out that saying, you know, this, this is, this is not healthy. Um, it's very addictive. Yeah. And so I think like, you know, can you just focus on the things that you have or your tasks for the day? And again, you know, what are some of the little wins? Because there's always going to be some guy doing this or some woman doing that and great, good for them. I'm happy for them, but don't let yourself, uh, mm. future trip, really focus on what they have, focus on what, what is your next task for the day? Right. It reminds me of the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think that's exactly what it is, right? You, you might even have some big wins in your own life. I'm sure we all do. And we start comparing it to somebody else's wins when, like you said, you know, all you see is a slivery, a snapshot of their day when in reality it's more like a never-ending movie of you know, what's happening behind the scenes. You don't see them working till late nights or you know, stressing out or you know, whatever it is. You, all you see is the end product and, and you make that comparison. And that really takes the joy out of your own life because you're just comparing yourself to everybody. Yeah, agreed. I do want to ask because, you know, you found yourself at a very early age of what you wanted to do and your vision. What advice do you give for the audience watching? Because majority of the audience is, you know, in their 20s to 40s. What if someone on the younger side doesn't know at all what they want? Or what they want to do. What is your advice for figuring out their vision? Well, that's okay. I talk to twenty somethings all the time, thirty somethings, forty somethings, and I, I always joke with all of them, like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" You got a <laughs> yeah. lot of time. I mean, so what I tell people is, what what are you, what are your what are your interests? Mm -hmm. What are you passionate about? What are you excited to talk about? What are you excited about when you wake up in the morning to learn more about to be a part of? Like, and then. Okay, great. This thing, that A, B, I'm interested in A, I'm interested in B, I'm interested in C. Great, awesome. That's awesome. So if, if those are your interests and that's where your passions lie, then what are some different ways that you can be, get involved somehow, some way, in some capacity in that vertical, in that in that business? Um, you know, that that's that's, because if you're able to do that, it, then you, you're not going to be working, if you will. You'll be working really hard, potentially, but it's going to be on something that you're really passionate about and you really enjoy. Because I've seen people's work so hard that they don't like what they do, and it's just, it's it's what's work. That's what yeah. it is. But um, that's, but then, but you have to be humble enough, no matter what age, to be like, okay, like, I'm really passionate about this. I want to learn more about this. I don't know much about it, but I know that this is where my passion lies. You're not going to be the vice president of the company when you apply right out of the gate. And I think that's what people like, again, back to the social media thing, it's like, oh, yeah, I've never done anything, but yeah, I, I think I should be, you know, I just graduated college last month and yep, I think the VP or the director title is the title that I deserve because <laughs> I got right. straight A's in college. Right. Um, and so that that's a thing is like,
I think that's really good advice, dabbling in things and just figuring out your interests first. And I think the other part of the, the you know, advice you were giving is delayed gratification, which is getting harder and harder than ever before with two-hour prime delivery and, you know, fast food and on-demand streaming from Netflix or whatever, right? You have all these instantly gratifying tools and, you know, of items at your disposal instantaneously. So this idea of waiting it out and patience, right? What is it? Gary says is, uh, Gary V says, micro speed, macro patience. I think that's becoming harder than ever before with with all the stuff like you had mentioned, social media especially, because I think as humans, we always look for the shortcut. What's the easiest way to something? And then it's like, okay, I want to start a podcast. I, I've heard this several times. He's like, I want to start a podcast. And then you'll see somebody start a podcast and then four episodes in, they're like, wow, this was a lot of work. And, uh, <laughs> and then it just drops. And you know, I don't think those people were adequately prepared mentally to say, this could take five years, this could take 10 years before I actually see any big growth. And that was actually a conversation I had to have with myself was, am I okay with doing this for 10 years before I see anything? And, you know, I had to think about that because I didn't want to start something that I was just going to drop immediately. So, you know, I thought about it and I said, okay, I'm going to give it my best shot, you know, and if that takes 10 years, so be it. But I think that's a, I think that time horizon is something people don't think about long enough. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Is that is that something you thought about at a young age? Yeah, it was. I mean, I wanted everything to happen tomorrow too, but like yeah. I, I realized that that that's that's not the the plan. That's not really to go from just starting a company to go from multi million dollars in sales is not is is more than likely not going to happen overnight. Um. But that that's that's the 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 patience. Um, but I knew that like I almost like took this mindset I wanna be like a ninja at night and no one's <laughs> gonna see me and then everyone's gonna wake up in the morning and it's gonna be right. everywhere and it's like so like <laughs> uh like um, stealth mode and right. like, um but yeah, I, now I realize like uh what I'm struggling with now is is the time with my kids. You know, and, and, and that's the thing too, is like, I used to do these crazy trips where I'd be like 14 cities in 17 days, like God. starting Sportique, like my, some of my friends in New York would tell you like, oh yeah, like Jason would be on my couch for like, you know, like, <laughs> for like a month because he would like work the whole East coast, like Florida to, you know, yeah. Massachusetts and instead of flying back to Phoenix with, you know, come back to New York and stay for the weekend. It's like, it is, it is, it is not easy, but I knew like, again, back to the passion, like, why am I on this earth? Like I'm on this earth to make Sportica global brand for, and, and stand for comfort. So like, and knowing like each meeting that I'm doing, each podcast that I do, each thing, each person that I talk to is one person's going to tell another person, this would tell another person and the organic growth is the best way yeah. to do it. Word of mouth, for sure. What is the balance like with that now that you have a family and obviously they're of high importance too. So where do you find that sense of balance in your life? It's tough. I mean, especially like 
right now, this moment, this second, we're in the NBA and NHL playoffs. And mm -hmm. this time of year, it's like the teams are like, oh my God, look at this. Like we had our first playoff game and we sold out of this pro this style, this style at halftime. We need more for the next game. And so it's like, this is happening real time, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. So it's like, you know, my phone's doing this and that, and this person's <laughs> calling, and that person's calling, but you know, that hour that I get or hour and a half that I get, you know, if I get home at five thirty, six thirty, my kids go down about seven thirty, eight thirty. I, I am like, okay, the hour that I'm going to put in with them right now, I am programming, helping program a person, a real human being. And if they just see yeah. me, I like walking around with a phone, you know, I'm not there with them. Like they feel that. Yeah. So, um, I think that's the, one of the biggest, you know, balances that I'm trying to do right now is you know, make sure that I'm present. Um, there's some stuff I'm not going to be able to make. I'm not going to be able to make sometimes my kids, my daughter's cheap all game, um, uh, you know, gymnastics practice or whatever. But, but when I am there, I'm there. Um, yeah. And that's one of the key things that it, it just, and I can lock eyes with my kid and she knows that I'm there with her in yeah. that I'm in that moment in that reading that story with her or I just watched her do a cartwheel whatever it was drew that picture with her like that that we have that time and that's so critical for me but then again when I go away and I'm Jason business owner making sure that like whoever I'm with at the time like they're getting their their full attention I'm giving my right. full attention to them as well too because because that's important too I've asked you know, quite a few successful business people that same question, and it often ends up the exact same way about being mindful and present in the moment because you might not always be available, but when you are available, you should be 100% mindful and present. And like you said, kids, I think, can sense that, and they can also sense when there is neglect, right? So that's why I think it's important to be, to be there, you know, even if you're not there at every event, but when, when you are at the event, they know that you're, you're not just, you know, texting away on your phone. You got a lot of ton of things to do and it's like, Oh, what's next? What's next? And, but they think that, okay, well, he's here, he's here, he's present with me. And I think that is truly, I think that's where the balance stems from. It's not actually time balance, but mindfulness of where you are. Can agree more. Mm -hmm. So Jason, I always, Love to ask guests this question to end off the show. The show is called Learn or Be Learned. So I always ask, what is a big life lesson that either you learned from somebody or you want the audience to learn from your own journey in life? Um, one of the ones that I like is, um, and this has helped me grow my business, is know what you're good at, know what you're not good at. And I think that's one of the key things is, um, I might shock some listeners here, but <laughs> you're not going to be good at everything. It's not possible. So, sorry to burst your bubble. If you think I'm the best at everything, not possible, not happening. <laughs> so I think that's one of the things that I learned really early on in starting business is, okay, you know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? And then what kind of, you know, people, what kind of talent can I find to help? shore up some of the things that I'm not good at. When you're building a team and you're building a house, you're building this foundation, you've got to have that solid. You're, you're the, the people you're bringing around you, especially when you're starting 
a business, family, whatever it is, mm-hmm. like th- those foundational pieces have to be solid. And I'm fortunate enough to like to have my director of sales has been with me since the inception of Sportique. My director of operations has been with me since the inception of Sportique. My director, uh, my creative director has been with me since the inception of Sportique. Like some of those key pieces, um, you know, that we solve for right out of the gate. My, my business partner has been with me since the beginning of Sportique. Um, you know, I can help sell. I, I'm good at selling. I'm good at, at marketing. I'm good at you know doing some of the ambassador stuff for the for for Sportique. But some of those other items, I can do some creative stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we need to solve for. So that was that was one of the key things that I had is when you're building something, figure out have a heart. We have to really have an honest chat with yourself. What am I good at? What am I not good at? And how do I you know um, bring some other people that can you know, help us build this foundation. What do you look for in finding the right people for, for your vision? Uh, honesty and trust. I mean, that's, I think, um, and passion. I mean, I think those mm-hmm. are some things that are critical because you, know, you, can, you can have people come and, and tell you this or that and they're not being honest with you. Um, you're not going to succeed um, if you're not able to have honest conversations. And I, you know, I'm not right every single time. And I think that's, I'm not the smartest guy in the room majority of the time. But I'm, I have people that have been around me long enough to be like, hey, listen, you're thinking this way. You need to think this way. And we have an honest conversation about, hey, you know, can you figure out a way to get our vision across here and, and make Sportique even better. So like, and trustworthy. I mean, you're, if you say you're going to do something like that means you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I think some of those, those are, and when you're starting a new business, like you're telling prospective clients or beginning clients are just starting out with you. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to deliver in such and such a time. The product's going to be like this. Um, if you don't, if you're not being honest with them, you're not, you know, being truthful with them when you're gonna fall flat on your ass. So I think some of those are critical things to have to when you're building a team to have those uh, those personality traits. So true. I think passion is definitely something I realized when I started is finding people on a team is not just about skill set. It's about are they also on board with your vision? Because if they're not, they're not really in it in it to win it. Yeah. Exactly. But Jason, thank you so much for being on this show. I think the audience is going to love this episode and talk. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Shiver, my pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. Of course.